Ashton, Ashton, Ashton Media. People do care to a point, but at the same time, they are willing to hand over their data uh, when perhaps they can identify the right value exchange. So in the case of a social media platform, you get to connect with your friends, you get access to news content and so on. Uh, and you understand that handing over your personal information is part of that uh, value exchange. Hello, I'm Gavin Stewart, Marketing Director and Co-Founder of Ashton Media and the host of Programmatic In Your Pocket, brought to you by our friends at LiveRamp. Short, sharp stories and solutions to the biggest challenges in marketing, advertising, media and CX. Up next, we'll be playing the full interview with Peter Barry. Stay tuned. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, comment, and tell anyone you know that's interested in this industry about this podcast and your favorite episode. You can find Ashton Cast on all the major podcast players. Go to ashtonmedia.com.au slash ashtoncast for more info. So we're here at the Programmatic Summit 2020 in Sydney uh, with Peter Barry, the Regional Director, Australia New Zealand from Pubmatic. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Gav. Great to be here. What a great couple of days it's been. Mate, it's been a big week, hasn't it? We've been in Melbourne. Yep. We've been in Sydney. What have been, what have been your thoughts on the events? Um, great to see it arrive after seven years down to Melbourne. Um, some, some really, really smart uh, and switched on people down there. So great for them to get a piece of the uh, action. Um, and then, yeah, Sydney... Two, two over twice the size of the the, the event down there, um, and yeah, awesome. Uh, who's who of programmatic? So well done to you and the team. Thank you very much, sir, and thank you very much for your support. So, and can you tell us a little bit about Pubmatic and yourself, please? So, Pubmatic is, I guess you'd call us traditionally a supply side platform, uh, and we fuel the endless potential of internet content creators. So, what that means is, uh, we work with publishers uh, to help monetize their ad inventory uh, and keep the lights on and help them create content uh, and we also work more and more with advertisers and marketers to make sure they get the kind of business outcomes they need um, as for myself well uh, I'm not from around here I'm Irish I've been in Australia for six years um, and uh, been four years at Pubmatic and loving every minute of it fantastic and so you know one of the big themes uh, you know in the trade press and you know in, in press in general and here at the summit has been around the demise of the cookie and so um, you know how do you feel about third party cookies in general and have the upcoming restrictions to third party cookies been a surprise or would you say they're more long awaited um so i mean look I feel good about it. Uh, I think it's good for the consumer and what's good for the consumer or the user is good for us as an industry. Um, I, we've been given a two year or less than two years now lead time. Uh, my concern is that we don't move fast enough. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think putting a deadline on it is a good thing. Um, as for whether it's a surprise or not, uh, you know, if, if it's a surprise for your business, then you've literally been hiding under a rock for the last couple of years because Safari and uh, Firefox uh, carried this out, you know, uh, ages, like years ago. Um, Google don't want to lose out in the, br the browser wars. Um, and so uh, they were always going to follow suit. So it is a good thing. Uh, we just need a long term solution. Right. And so with data becoming more valuable and third party cookies disappearing, what do you think this means for the future of digital advertising? Um, again, you know, I think there will be there, conceptually, at least there, there may be less data, but it will be uh, a lot more valuable, uh, a lot more uh, opt in 
um, data, which I think is a good thing. Um, I, I think there's a danger, um, we may get to this later, but I think there's a danger if you're a publisher, you asked about the advertising side, but uh, if you're a, a mid to lower tier publisher without a robust and verified data set, that you're in danger of um, potentially losing out, uh, unless there's a really robust solution, as I said. If you're a, a larger um publisher, like a nine or, or uh, 10 or let's say Google or Facebook, you might not call them publishers, uh, but they have a lot of uh, verified data, uh, then you will be in a better position. Um, but the, the, the fear I have is that all of the uh, variety and diversity of content that we have in the internet uh, may not be sustainable unless we come up with a good solution. Mm, great answer, Pete. So how crucial will it be for advertisers to identify post-cookie marketing strategies? And do you think the two-year time frame is going to be a heightened factor? Yeah, I think it's just as important for advertisers to to find a viable solution as it is for publishers. So, so the the onus is on both to collaborate. Um, we've just announced a, uh, a Pubmatic product, if you want to call it that, uh, called Identity Hub, and that essentially allows publishers to use or work with any. Um, ID solution that a buyer may want to use. Essentially, we're a facilitator. Um, and the idea there is that we uh, we enhance or encourage that collaboration. So very important. They've obviously got to be able to identify the right audience in the right moment, the right context, and so on. Um, the the, the two-year impetus, yeah, I mean, it's certainly lit a fire uh, under everybody. But again, I, you know, we need to make sure that we're, we're acting uh, quickly and not talk about it and create uh, working groups and, and that sort of stuff. And then we find ourselves a year in and we still don't have a solution. So we really need to move fast on it, really need to collaborate and really need to ensure that Google in particular are uh, open to cooperating um, and uh, really opening the kimono, so to speak. And so you're basically what you're saying there, Cutler Chase, is it's time to get stuff done. Yeah, 100%. Uh, like I said, it's no surprise to anybody. And we as a business have been looking at this way in advance of Google's announcement. Uh, but now there's a timeline on it and I absolutely think that's a good thing. All right. So there's no denying that programmatic is groundbreaking technology. Uh, it's brought new capabilities to the industry and allowed marketers to purchase data-driven granular audiences at scale. So to what extent do you think this is going to change with the blocking of cookies? Uh, I think potentially short term, there will be less data. Um, but but actually, again, to my earlier point, I think over the long term, when we find that robust solution, and it's when, not if, uh, then I think ultimately better outcomes for marketers, better outcomes for publishers, especially and hopefully those uh, mid to smaller uh, publishers, uh, and better outcomes uh, for uh, consumers. Um, but the challenge is that we need to make sure it is a long term solution. So. What's happening with the cookies may move to device IDs next. So I think we need a solution that will work for the next 10, 20 years and beyond uh, and not something that's going to really kind of patch up the cookie piece and then suddenly we find device IDs are being challenged. So it needs to be that long-term solution or we will find ourselves back here uh, in two or three years' time. So you're talking about a long-term 10-year strategy there, right? So how do you see that with the way the industry currently runs? Like how, how's it going to work? Well, name me an industry that is not a short-term thinker, right? If you've got numbers to hit, if, if publishers need to uh, keep the money flowing to keep the lights on, keep the journalists reporting and going to wherever we need them to, to report quality content, uh, then you, you, you're forced to have a short-term view. Um, you know, I think 
again, the onus is on us as an industry to come together, whether that's with the IAB or any other group, uh, to have both a short term, and Cookie was a very short term uh, outlook, and a long term uh, view on it. Um, so we need to do both in, in parallel. Uh, yeah, we're guilty of being of, of short termism, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure you've had a couple of events this week. You're uh, you have targets like everybody else. I have targets and. Generally, I live quarter to quarter, sometimes month to month, sometimes even day to day, believe it or not. Um, and so that encourages short-termism, ter- short uh, but we need to get out of that mindset. How can we improve the online experience for consumers and clean up the ad ecosystem as a whole community with industry-wide change so that everyone benefits from it? We're doing it. Uh, the death of the cookie should herald a much cleaner uh, user experience. You remove a lot of pixels from the page, speeds up the browser, um, and ultimately uh, everything is better for the consumer. Um, they also get a better experience when it comes to uh, ads because there is better consent, more robust con- consent. So those personalized ads are more useful um, and uh, ultimately uh, that just leads to a far better experience. And I think... We're seeing more and more in the US that the creative side is being pulled into the conversation now. It's not just the media guys and the tech guys. Uh, We're also seeing those creative uh, folks being brought in. And I think if you can have a roundtable discussion about how creative can sync with tech uh, then and our data then then uh, all of a sudden you've got a much better model than you did uh, via the cookie. So do you think that we could see the rebirth of the big ad perhaps? The rebirth, I mean, we're there, like CTV. It's sitting on your wall, right? That, that is the big ad. That is the ultimate big ad. Um, so uh, I, I think we're already there. I think you've got companies like Bonsai and, and uh, Seltra and some of the other, like Playground XYZ, uh, who are already operating in that space. Uh, so absolutely, yeah, uh, I think we will. But again, there's a line between, you know, having that beautiful... Um, it, there's only so big it can be on a device in your hand, uh, so it can't be too uh, intrusive as well or too um, disruptive, I guess. So there's there's always that balance, but we'll figure that out. Interesting. And so I think you know another another big theme that's come through is um, you know privacy, trust, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The government is now turning its its eye to ad tech, right? So yep. you know with the impending ACCC inquiries into ad tech supply chain, focusing on digital display ads, compounded by the government announcing plans to introduce a binding online privacy code into the Privacy Act, how do you think this is going to affect the type of inventory that vendors offer? Uh, you know, I think it's all tied into the same problem. Um, you know, at the conference earlier on during our panel, I asked to show a hands uh, how many people really care about their data, where it goes, who uses it and so on. And pretty much everyone in the audience put their hand up. I then asked how many people have a social media profile uh, and everyone. In fact, we got a couple of additional hands go up. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what the message there is, but but what I took from that is that people do care to a point, uh, but at the same time, they're willing to hand over their data uh, when perhaps they can identify a, a the, the right value exchange. So in the case of a social media platform, you get to connect with your friends, you get access to news content and so on. Uh, and you understand that handing over your personal information is part of that uh, value exchange. Uh, I think we need to get better at, uh, as an industry, at uh, allowing consumers know that that is the value exchange that you either pay pay a subscription a la Netflix or you have to um, 
deal with or put up with is probably the wrong term, but you need to allow for ads in your experience. And um, so I think, again, getting back to the, the, the cookie thing, similar with the data regulations, um, it, it is a good thing. It's good for consumers. It's good for awareness. It's good for the long-term health of the industry. If I look at GDPR in the EEA uh, and what it did to our business, there was a short-term dip. Uh, but now our business in EMEA or the EEA is absolutely thriving. Um, so it, it didn't uh, adversely affect the industry there. And long term, like I said, very good. So I welcome it here. Great. So what do you think the expected effects of limited cookie data will be on the publisher and advertiser relationship? Um, so short term, like I said, I think there'll be less uh, data. Um, the, the real risk are those smaller publishers, like I said. So if you're a nine, the nines of the world with all of this uh, addressable audience in there, you're, you're golden. It's great. That's a great place to go for a marketer to find their audience. Um, earlier on in one of the sessions in the, the conference, uh, I think it was Zara um, from Lendy, I think it was said, you know, it, as a marketer, you should go to these uh, big publishers with verified um, addressable audiences and match your users there. The danger there is that you're not one of those publishers. Um, and again, to my earlier point, you lose out uh, if you don't have um, those deep audience sets. Um, so. I think to answer your question, uh, the top tier of publishers and uh, sophisticated marketers, really great. Uh, but if you go below that, I think we as an industry have a responsibility to make sure that those smaller publishers and less savvy marketers are able to survive and thrive. What future of advertising methods do you envision after these developments? And is there a future that you prefer? I see those more robust uh, data sets, which means we get more sophisticated at targeting and we get better creative in front of the genuinely the right person in the right environment uh, with an ad that um, enhances their experience. So I think that is the promise. That was always the promise, but it was not delivered. Now I think we have an opportunity to deliver on that promise. Um, so that's what excites me and that is the future I hope for. What new strategies are publishers going to have to employ to identify and target audiences? Uh, I'm not entirely sure about what strategies what strategies they employ, but I certainly think they need to be talking to their tech partners more. They need to lift the hood on the technology. And, and what I would suggest if, if you're a publisher is you need to talk to your SSP, talk to your DMP. I'm going to think of a few more acronyms. Uh, if you've got audience extension, you talk to your DSP uh, and everyone in between. And you ask them for their product roadmap and you ask them what they're doing uh, right now uh, to make sure that you are equipped to survive in a cookie-less environment or cookie-less future. Uh, and then you look at what they're doing in the next 12, 18, 24 months. And I know from a Podmatic perspective, we have a very robust um, and exciting and comprehensive product roadmap, and we're happy to talk to anybody about that. So my advice would be, yeah, get uh, talking to your tech partners. Great. So we're going to switch gears here a little bit. What is the trend that you're most excited about in programmatic? Um, it's got to be around video. Um, so I went to the future of TV um, a couple of days back. And um, again, at, at your sessions, both in Melbourne and Sydney, uh, what does the future of TV buying look like? The, 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 the panel sessions, which I think were some of the best panel sessions, actually. Really exciting around uh, what VAS are doing when it's fully formed product, uh, like groundbreaking globally. 
um, header bidding for video. It's header bidding's done great things for display, well documented. I think to see that move into uh, video um, and to allow automated buying uh, across, you know, the entire. Um, uh, inventory set or to be able to get whatever user you want as a programmatic buyer and automated buyer I think is very exciting um, and also that solves for a lot of uh, user issues um, that are currently endemic in, in, in programmatic TV buying so I think that's an exciting area. If you could tell someone 10 years ago one thing about how advertising would turn out now what, what would it be? The word, if it was one word, would be dynamic. So I came from radio. I was four years in radio, many like back in the early noughties. Uh, I went into press. Showing your age there, mate, by the way. I am. And <laughs> I, I've, 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 I, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of it. But um, yeah, I went into newspapers and I was seven, seven years or so in there. I uh, moved into digital and then into tech. And what I would never have thought of 10 years ago uh, was how dynamic this industry would be. Really exciting, but also massively challenging. Um, and so I think that's what I would tell them. Uh, it's a great, great industry to be in. Some fantastic people, some forward thinking uh, people. Uh, I learn a lot every day. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would say is be prepared to learn, unlearn and relearn. Great. Two more questions and then you're off the hook. Cool. So. What books, podcasts, media are you consuming right now that are helping you to do your day-to-day? Um, yeah, so there's a great podcast. Obviously, I'll be listening to this podcast. The Ashton going, Cast, going, you mean? Yeah, The Ashton Cast. Okay. Sorry, yeah. um, I will be listening to The Ashton Cast uh, going forward. Um, other than that, uh, a, f- a buddy of mine, or ex-colleague, I guess you could call him, uh, does The Innovation Show. Uh, Irish guy, but he interviews a lot of um, CEOs, tech CEOs, and so on about how you bring about innovation. Uh, as well as that, I listen to uh, Reid Hoffman's Masters of Scale, which I think is great. Um, I'm reading uh, from a book perspective I'm reading uh, Born to Run but by the time I get to read at the end of the night I probably read about one page and then fall asleep so I'm about 13 pages in <laughs> <laughs> Terrific and uh, one more question for you there Pete so um, who would you look up to as a, as a mentor or, or role model? Uh, okay professionally there's a, there's a guy based in Singapore called Anson Tan who works for Skyscanner Um I've learned a lot from him down through the years. We've, we've had a great working relationship, taught me how to have a respectful um, and productive partnership uh, and is also now a very good friend of mine. Personally, and this is very cheesy, is my partner, Claire. Uh, she's the embodiment of a strong female um, who's been through very tough times and come out the other side um, better and stronger. And so uh, from a professional and a personal level, they'd be my inspirations. Brilliant. Mate, thank you very much for your time, Peter Barry. Not a problem. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. On the next episode of Ashtoncast, we'll be playing the full interview with Travis Klinger, the VP of Global Strategy and Partnerships at LiveRamp. Stay tuned. Ashtoncast, programmatic in your pocket, was proudly brought to you by our friends at LiveRamp. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, comment, and tell anyone you know that's interested in this industry about this podcast and your favorite episode. You can find Ashton Cast on all the major podcast players, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Go to ashtonmedia.com.au slash ashtoncast for more info. This was produced by Podpaste and Ashton Media here in Sydney, Australia. Executive produced by Darren Lake and Gavin Stewart. 
Audio engineering by Eamon Connolly. Story writing producer, Charles Montano. And additional research and copywriting by Tim McDonald. Ashton, Ashton, Ashton Media 